What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, and this time, I mean it. It has been a game-filled week for me, (laughs) for the first time in a while. Three days in a row I had a game, and I made it to all three. That's pretty impressive. (laughs) So... Yeah, I want to talk about that. I even have the return of a, my new segments, Butterfly Unboxings. We got a Butterfly Unboxing for you. Uh, it's fun. I'm pretty sure I know exactly what it is, but I'm excited to open it because I think other folks will be excited too. And yeah, so that's, that's what we're going to do. No calls today, just three session recaps and an unboxing. So let's get into it. First up is... Uh, the recap of my Curse of the Crimson Throne game that I play supposedly be every week, but it hasn't been lately. We'll talk more about that in the recap. And yeah, we're using the Pathfinder first edition system, which is just still so weird to say. Anyway, let's talk Pathfinder. Last night at time of recording, I played in... The first game of Curse of the Crimson Throne that we played in a while. And it, I played in person. So that was really cool. Because the last time we played, everyone played in person. And I played from home. But here's why this particular session is so relevant to the topics that have been getting discussed on this show and on other shows. So one of the players pulled a no call, no show and just didn't show up. Which I have done before accidentally. I've never done it on purpose, but I've done it accidentally before. But the difference in this case was throughout the week, the dungeon master on three separate occasions, she reached out to this guy, asked him on Discord, asked him a couple times through text, um, you know, and just got no response at all. Just nothing. Shadows and dust and all. And rightfully so, she was super, super pissed, like maybe going to kick this dude out of the game. So we'll see what happens I think by the end of the night, you know, she kind of cooled off a little bit and is going to have a talk with him, but a more, you know, just kind of a talk and not a you suck because that's that's a shitty thing to do to just ghost somebody for a week. That said, you know, the session itself was still really fun. We had a really, really good time. Uh, We had rescued the painter the little waif of a girl painter who had been uh, accused of killing the king of Corvosa. Uh, in our last session, we had rescued her, um, brought her, snuck her back safely to the orphanage that our party controls or owns or operates or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what you call an orphanage person. Uh, but so, yeah. So this session was all about getting uh, this artist to meet with uh, Chrysidia, the captain of the Corvosan guard, because Chrysidia really wants to question her. Chrysidia doesn't really believe that this artist is responsible, but still needs to question her. So we set that all up so everybody was safe. And yeah, we, we just had a lot of fun, a lot of really good uh, role play between the artist and Fleeb, our human fighter, and me and Chrysidia. And it, yeah, it was just a really good session. Not a lot of combat. Uh, the city, Corvosa, is still kind of up in flames. Now, though, 
the Hell Knights, which are another faction in Corvosa, they're a bunch of jerks. They're going around telling everybody they've captured the assassin. They have the assassin in custody. So we're like, what? <laughs> so we had to go back to where we were hiding Cressidia and find out, no, that wasn't true. So now it's like, well, what are these guys up to? And after that, we were kind of we're kind of lost. We didn't really know what to do. So um, we went down. We found out a rumor that maybe the Varisians, which are more or less styled after uh, real world, like the Romani, you know, the wandering people, a less favorable term for them is gypsies, which knowing someone with Romani background, they do not care for the word gypsy. But yeah, so they're the Varisians in the Pathfinder world. And we had rumors that perhaps the assassin got his poison off of some Varisian gangsters. And so now we're investigating that aspect of it, but it doesn't look like that's going to lead us anywhere. So I'm, I don't really know where we're going to go from here. We need to get some more hooks, uh, do a little bit more investigation. But, yeah, it was a really fun session. And basically the moral of this session story is don't don't be a jerk. (laughs) Don't be a jerk. Don't no call, no show, and ghost your DM. You know, if you're not interested in playing in a game anymore, just don't play. And, again, I have done the no call, no show thing, but it's it wasn't intentional, and I got – right back in touch with the dungeon master as soon as I realized what was going on and apologized profusely. And yeah, this, this hasn't happened yet. So we'll see what happens with this group. If she's going to kick them out, if she's going to keep them, if she does kick them out, are we going to get a new player? Are we just going to run with the three players? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but right now I got to go because I'm getting ready to play my first funnel. Peace out. So funnels are kind of weird, right? <laughs> DCC seems like a super fun system. The adventure was really cool, man. I thought Jason did a good job of running it. But yeah, just the whole funnels controlling four characters is weird. <laughs> and that means all the players are controlling four characters, <laughs> which means there are at least 12 characters. There were three of us. So 12 characters. I can't imagine playing a game with like five or six players at a convention. That's like 20, 24 characters out there. Holy shit, dude. If there is any hint of an inkling of any role playing, then it's got to take fucking forever. Yeah, funnels are interesting. Playing four characters. I don't want to talk too much about the adventure because uh, Jason might write he's run it. Once before, he might run it again for some of you folks. It is a fun adventure. I like the whole premise and feel of everything. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm curious. I'll be, I, I'm going to ask Jason about it if he doesn't talk about it. I want to know, you know, the differences between the two groups and stuff. Because that stuff always fascinates me. I love hearing how different groups run the same adventures like when jason ran the back when he was running the altered states the icrpg cyberpunk game 
he ran it for one group and then the same adventure for another group. And it was cool to hear him talk about how the two groups differed. I think that's really fascinating. But yeah, so I played four characters. I had uh, Steven, the karate expert, Melvin, the wallflower, uh, Becky, the heartthrob, and Kevin, the political activist. And of those... Kevin and Melvin rip rip city. No, no, sorry. Kevin and no Steven live. Yeah. Kevin and Melvin rip city deadsville, but not until the final end of the adventure. So that's pretty good. I managed to keep them alive. Uh, Yeah. Becky lived who I, I really wanted to keep Becky alive, and she lived, but I don't think she's the same anymore. <laughs> Something happened to her, and I kind of leaned into the crazy. Like, there was nothing mechanically necessarily that happened to me, but because of certain events, Becky sort of lost her shit, and she started skipping places and singing creepy songs and like doing little pirouettes in a fun little dress sort of thing that she got. Uh, and yeah, she like got shot at one point she got showered in blood and was just like giggling. So while Becky lived, I don't think Becky's the same. <laughs> Poor Becky. Steven though, the karate expert, man, he's, he's all right. For the most part, he's survived more or less unscathed. So, yeah, that's the thing, right? Funnels are pretty soft. (laughs) Just kidding. I've only played one. But it was fun. Um, Yeah, like I said, it was a cool adventure. It's just, it's a whole different ball game for me playing four characters. And you, like, I can't imagine how you get, because we we did, because I'm not, I've never done it before. So I was like, oh, it's. You know, just play like I normally play and role play like I normally play. But you kind of can't. At least that's the feeling I got. Because if you want to finish anything in a timely fashion with that many characters, shit just takes a while. No matter, even though you only have to roll like you're not adding modifiers or anything. Things just take a while. 12 people needing to roll and describe their actions and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's like having 12 different players at your table. It's a little faster than that. It's definitely a little faster than that. And if, um, you know, if I if you have all your sheets out in front of you, like physically or all on one sheet, which you totally could with a DCC zero level character, you could easily fit everything you need to know about that character, like on a note card, no problem. Let alone, you could put four on a piece of regular paper. That would make it faster too, I'm sure. But even then, even then, it takes a while to roll four dice, to roll a d20 four times and say what you're doing each time. So I don't know. It was an interesting, an interesting experiment. I definitely would like to try another one sometime uh, and see how it goes. But yeah, DCC as far as all that goes. It gets a it gets a thumbs up for me. It's it's kind of weird, right? Because I didn't really get to see DC because I was playing a zero level character, so that's only like, yeah, you're mi- I'm missing out on a bunch of the other options that could come up. I'm sure, but yeah, as far as all that goes, DCC gets a thumbs up. 
the adventure that Jason ran. It's spooky. It's fun. It's, you know, horrific. Uh, yeah, so that gets a thumbs up. So right on. That was my second game in two days. And tomorrow I run. I run um, my Beyond the Wall game, which, I mean, we've played three sessions of it now, all set in the same world on the same timeline with the same characters. That sounds like a campaign to me. <laughs> they can't stop it. It's going to happen. God damn it. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, thank you to Jason for playing in that. Thank you to Carl and the other dude uh, for playing in that with me. I don't know if the other dude is cool with uh, saying his name, so that it's not that I don't remember his name. I do. I just don't know if he's cool with it. So thank you to everyone who played in the DCC game with me. Yeah, all right. But now I need to get to bed so I can get up ready. Well, I mean, I got to work first, but then... <laughs> Then I got to run a game and I got to decide what the hell I'm going to make for dinner for the crew. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll just be ordering pizza. Maybe I don't want to cook tomorrow. I don't know. We shall see. And we'll talk about that after it happens. So bye till then. So instead of doing an unboxing, I thought I'd do a breakdown. <laughs> I'll record my recap of the Beyond the Wall session we played last night at time of recording. Yeah, so I'm breaking down the living room because I, uh, I've recently rearranged my living room so I no longer have to rearrange my living room when I set up for a game. Because to set up for a game, I have two like collapsible, basically picnic table-y type things. You can buy them on Amazon. Uh, and I put them together. I put a big-ass piece of cardboard over the crack in the middle where the two halves of the picnic table meet. And um, yeah, and then put a tablecloth over that. And that's where we play. So I need a big space for it. And so that's what... I'm breaking down now. Right now, I'm just rolling up my big uh, Chessex battle map with hexes and squares, you know? Uh, so, yeah, the session. How was the session? Well, it is our last session of the new year, of this year. And that makes me sad. We're not playing again until sometime in January, just because holiday times are stupid in terms of trying to get scheduling i'm gonna be gone for a while they're gonna be gone for a while it's just one of those things you know yeah so that's a bummer but the session was really fun we had a good time and we got to do uh a thing that i was hoping we'd get to do so yeah the session started the characters were in the tomb of good king desmond they had just defeated him and his evil like necromancer minions that had raised him from the grave. And that's where we picked up. The characters are sorting through treasure. And the biggest piece of treasure they came across, other than Good King Desmond's evil necromancer spellbook that Barbara has, is this giant 300-pound 
ironwood throne with like gold inlays that's worth almost a thousand silver so you know the debate comes how are we going to get this throne back we got to get this throne back luckily however before the party set out on their adventures they got a hireling sir gustav and sir gustav and his wisdom because he is older right he's in his mid-40s i've told him kind of looks like um kind of looks like tom maryland from the wheel of time books actually not the show though because this dude has the the twin mustaches uh white mustaches long white mustaches and he's he's a really helpful dude got a lot of good information and so he's like yeah we'll just put it on our donkey Biorb, because that's what they the party had named their donkey that they also rented named Biorb. so that <laughs> led to a discussion of can a donkey carry 300 or so pounds <laughs> turns out we looked it up yes there is a breed of like mammoth donkey that's bred with other crazy like horses and stuff that can carry up to 300 pounds we also found an article on the top 11 horse breeds for people that weigh over 250 pounds interest <laughs> internet's crazy right it's just weird we all have these supercomputers in our pocket that that Looking that up took maybe a minute, you know? It's not like it halted the game or anything. It was just like, you know, we're talking about in-game. While we're while the characters are discussing it, one of the players looks it up. Oh, yeah, it can. <laughs> Perfect. Boom. That's the breed that this donkey is now because that's fun. Just this giant, surly donkey named Bjorb. Um, but, yeah, so the players load up the treasure. They get ready to head out, but... Because now the donkey is laden with treasure, it's going to take a lot longer. So instead of a day to get back to town, it's going to take them like a day and a half. So now it's like, oh shit, maybe it's nighttime right now. Maybe we shouldn't leave until the morning. Okay, but then that starts this argument between two of the players where one of them is like, I don't want to unload the donkey. Like we just loaded it. I don't want to load the donkey up. And one of the other players steps into this um, argument. And it was like, look, here's exactly how much effort it takes to unload the donkey. We unload the donkey. <laughs> it's like we're not really unloading a donkey. It's, it, you know. So the players unload Biorb, set down to camp. They're in a tomb. It's a small, small little sepulcher with only one entrance, one exit. So they're pretty safe, pretty secure, and they sit down, and Sir Gustav is like, let's tell some stories, because this is what I wanted to do this session. I didn't know when it would happen. I thought it would happen a little later when they got back to town, but this was the perfect time. <clears throat> I wanted to do some collaborative world building, and Beyond the Wall has an awesome little almost mini-game about world building, and that's what we did. And so the way it works is um, each player picks a, I, I talked about it a little bit, but you pick a distance, so either near, moderate, or far. You pick a direction, and then you roll a D8. And depending on what you get, so your options are stuff like recent ruins, or ancient ruins, or major city, or human settlement, inhuman settlement. You got a bunch of options. You roll on that, and then you tell a little story. You build your own adventure hook. So that was really fun. We came up with some pretty 
interesting things. One of the things we came up with was not too far away from the the main village, there is an basically an underground <laughs> an underground casino run by dwarves and dark elves. And they are fantastic hosts, but they are all about the, you know, it's it's friggin' the Bellagio in Las Vegas. It is a very fancy underground casino yeah and it rules that was super fun uh one of Poroshki's <laughs> locations that she came up with was um a village but everyone in the village is children but they all act like adults that's weird and so yeah so you just build all these locations we went through two rounds of that so we gener each one of the players generated two new locations on the map and then after you come up with the location i the dungeon master in my ultimate power and ability <laughs> um i make a secret check based on whether or not that character heard about this location learned about it or saw it for themselves they pick that, and then I make a secret check to see how accurate their information is. Go from there. And then at the end, each player gets to embellish another character's location. So you add something to somebody else's location. And it was really fun. We got some awesome, awesome locations generated. And then the party set off in the morning. And Proshki was out scouting because she is the young woods person. So she was looking for danger. And she found some. <laughs> she found about a hundred yards ahead of the party. Um, there was a, I don't know what you call it. I guess a, this is me breaking down the tables, a patrol of skeletons led by a big skeleton with a big sword. And so Piroshki was off scouting all by her lonesome. And we're like, oh, you know, don't, what are you going to do? She's like, well, don't worry. I'm not going to run down there and attack them myself. I was like, okay, that's probably a good plan. And she's like, so instead I run back screaming to the party to get them, <laughs> to get them ready to fight. Cause we can't have skeletons. And I was like, oh no, this might get bad in a hurry. Cause so far the party has fought some zombies, but skeletons in this game are actually tougher than zombies. And I was like, plus they had a skeleton boss. Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know how it would go. I, I honestly thought that it might go real, real bad. But the party had amazing, amazing, amazing dice lock. And they kind of wiped the floor with them. Uh, there was no, no fudging on my part. No pulling punches or anything. The party was just rolling lights out. And I wasn't. And that can, that can go down quick. <laughs> That can, that really does turn the tide in these games. Uh, kind of doesn't really matter what system you're playing as far as deadliness goes. When the dice are doing what the dice are doing, that's, it's out of our hands. That's why I never fudge. That's why I, yeah, I love that. I love that aspect. So that encounter was actually pretty easy when I thought it was going to be hard. I will give the party credit. They, they put themselves in good position uh, they were sort of nested because they're out on like the Irish moors, right? The Scottish moors. 
Um, so there's a bunch of hills and everything. And the party was kind of between a couple hills, sort of down in like this little miniature valley. And there's some like, you know, rocks and trees and shit around. So party hides, gets up and on elevated surfaces and gets set up for this encounter because the skeletons are going to get funneled into this valley and the party's now in a good position. So the party ended up taking out, I think, two skeleton two of the six skeletons before the battle was even joined so already you know it's like okay cool man you guys are good stuff and yeah the the fight went pretty quick um and so then the party makes it back to town they they have a prisoner now they they have a prisoner because one of the human guards of the necromancer they they kept alive tomlin fletcher is his name and he is apparently really ugly that that is a thing that has been established he's very ugly and so they take they take the prisoner back to town set him uh they give him over to the watch which is one run by barbara's dad uh but barbara's dad was out on patrol because zombie attacks have been happening more and uh <clears throat> there's not a lot of protection for the t village right it's just a village there's no walls and one of the players to my amazement and joy was like we need to put up a palisade and i was just like yes because <laughs> there's literal prices for palisades for a small village in <laughs> in beyond the wall so i was like Perfect. That'll cost you 200 gold and it'll take 18 days uh, because I did a little research on how long it takes to build a palisade. And in medieval times around a smallish village usually took around 18 days from start to finish to put up a wooden palisade. So I was like, yeah, that, that sounds right. That makes sense in my head. So that's, that's basically where this, Oh no, that's not right. <laughs> Sorry. So after they decided they were going to look into that, the party goes off to their tree fort, their home base, to start planning what they're going to do. And one of the players asked, since we're here in our, in our tree fort and we kind of have one of those conspiracy theory murder boards set up where, you know, all the things are connected by yarn to each other, to pins on this big ass board, since we have this set up. Can we get a plus one to figure stuff out while we're here? I was like, okay. I asked the character, what's your worst ability score? Intelligence. Okay. Give me an intelligence check. If you pass, yeah, you can all have one. And totally rolled like a one. <laughs> rolled a one and just knocked it out of the park. So yeah, they get a plus one. And as they were starting to figure stuff out, Marco, the witch, uh, the witch that's been training Barbara and off on a secret mission burst in through the door, followed by wind and rain and stuff. He's bleeding. He's about to like fall unconscious. And he's like, the restless queen is awoken. The veil has been torn. You have to help. You have to help here. Barbara, take my staff and then passes out. And that's where the session ended. Uh, and I sent Barbara the stats for the staff and the player was very excited. So that's cool. And it was, it was a fun session, and I'm just super bummed that we're not playing again till next year. So, yeah, 
that was it for Beyond the Wall. Let me uh, let me get out of here. That's right, everybody. Back by popular demand. <laughs> it's another segment of Butterfly Unboxing. Just got a package from Amazon. I am pretty sure I know what it is. It comes in one of those. It's not a box. It's a like one of those bubble wrap mailing packets that Amazon sends out. It's white with some blue stuff on it. I have a pretty good idea what this is. So let me make sure. Click clack. Here we go. Let's open her up and see, is it what I thought? It is, it is what I thought. And what did I get? I got my first ever set of DCC weird ass dice. <laughs> yeah, so I ordered three sets. I ordered them together, but apparently they're showing up one at a time, but that's cool. So here in my hot little hand, I have a bag wherein the bag contains a D3, a D5, a D7, a D14, a D16, a D24, and a D30. I'm very excited. I Like I said earlier, I enjoy DCC. I, I think it's fun. Plus, these dice are cool. You know, I can... I was thinking about how I can incorporate them into non-DCC games, like for weapon damage... You know, like instead of a, a bow doing a D6, this bow is special and it does a D7. Stuff like that. Great axes and beyond the wall do a D10, but maybe this one does a D14 or something like that. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about them. I got three sets because I currently have three players. And so if we ever do play, I'd want all each of my players to have their own set. And that's that's just pretty cool. I guess I should. What colors did I get? I got two. I got two of them. Uh, two sets. So this one is black with white numbers, uh, and this set is uh, pretty blue with white numbers. So that's cool. I'm not sure what color the th third and final set will be, but that should show up maybe later today, maybe tomorrow sometime. And that's it. That's the end of this. Let me make sure I don't cut my finger off. That's the sharp side. Stay away from that. The end of this butterfly unboxing segment. Stop the presses. Stop the presses. Hold up. Hold up. We have to do an emergency segment of a surprise butterfly unboxing. <laughs> Here is a package I just got notified that I received today. I did not order this thing. I have a suspicion who did i'm pretty sure it's from a friend of mine but i have no idea what this could be it comes in a little white box uh it's shipped from uh michigan but that's just the person who had this uh yeah i believe the person who got this for me does not live in michigan anyway i got i got it Got it unlocked. Let's let's be careful with this because I have no idea what it is. So it's a white box, cardboard box. Um, yeah, it's it's about as long as my palm, and a little little skinnier than that than the width of my palm. 
That's a bad, terrible description. Ignore that description. The box is about as long as my palm. It is... Uh, if I have the butterfly knife folded up so the blade is put away, the box is as uh, wide as three-quarters of a butterfly knife without the blade extended. Yeah, that, that, that should give you all a good visual representation. So very carefully... <clears throat> what... Okay, as esto. What is this? Let's see what this is. Oh, cool. It's the minis, man. Nice. Fuck. Hell yeah. This is a dope looking elf sorcerer mini. Fully painted, totally rad looking. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Easy. Easy peasy breezy. Okay, yeah, dude. Let me zoom in a little bit more. Zoom 12. Female elf sorcerer looking badass with a cool staff. Um, that is awesome. Is there, what is this? Oh, this is her, this is the base so I could glue. I mean, she stands up on her own, but it also comes with a little base. So I could glue her to give her, a, you know, a better, uh, a better standee. So that's super dope. And what is this one? This one is a, a human sneaky rogue, a super sneaky rogue. All right. Let's, let's open this one up carefully, carefully. Yep. Okay. So we got the little base for it. Pull this gently out of the plastic. Ever so gently. Ooh, this guy's got a cool sword with some like ice coming off it. Maybe it's a sort of like frostbite or something. Uh, a cool, a cool hooded little cloak holding a curved dagger in his other hand. Yeah, man. Awesome. These rule. I love minis. I love minis. And these are two badass minis. I am super stoked on these. Thank you. Thank you to my friend who sent these to me. That's very, very cool. I love them. I absolutely love them. They are wonderful. So that, that was awesome. That's a fun little surprise. A little pre-Christmas gift. Should I have waited till Christmas? Maybe. Am I bad at waiting to open presents? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> anyway, awesome shit. These are dope. Thank you so much. <laughs> right on. This actually turned out to be a super fun episode. I thought it was just going to be those three session recaps, man, but two butterfly unboxings one of them a surprise butterfly unboxing that's dope so yeah um i i i had a talk with my friend so yeah thank you to jules from nz for those dope minis they're awesome they're for the beyond the wall game which is really cool and jules didn't even know had could not have known because it just happened last night that Barbara, the magic user, just got a staff, a magic staff. 
Uh, and this mini has a magic staff, so that is dope. <laughs> That'll be really, really cool. Anyway, thank you for that, Jules. They're, they're super fun minis. Um, yeah, what else? Oh, so <laughs> I, I didn't mention my favorite part of the um, DCC funnel. <laughs> so I'm going to try and do this without any spoilers because like I said, Jason is planning on running this game again and I don't want anyone out there who might be listening to play it because it is a fun a fun little uh, funnel. But there is a scene towards the end where a certain thing need to happen and this certain player needed to do a certain thing. <laughs> and we had, everyone worked hard, get good teamwork and everything. Basically, all this all this character had to do all the player had to do was not roll a one <laughs> and it we would have won first turn when it's all set up rolls a one bad stuff happens to all of us on the following round comes around again yeah cool we're it's even in better position now just really really don't roll a one this time boom another one <laughs> it was amazing they got it on the next turn, so no harm, no foul. It's super fun. I love it when the dice do that kind of shit. They are mischievous. They are tricksome, those dice, and I love them for it. Uh, yeah, that was... I just... I, I really wanted to get that in there. Uh, that was super fun. And that's it, everybody. I'm going to get back to watching uh, Season 3 of Sex Education. Finish that up today. I got my closet cleaned out today. That's pretty fun. That's something to do, right? Uh, three big, like, 30-gallon trash bags full of clothes out of my closet just waiting to be taken to Goodwill or Salvation Army or something. And, yeah, other than that, just going to hang out, uh, watch some sex ed, and call it a day. That's a pretty solid Saturday. And then I still have a day off. I love doing stuff on Friday. I love it so much. Now that I work, you know, five days a week, Monday through Friday, I love doing stuff Friday night because it makes the weekend feel like three weekend days. It really, really does. The fact that I can, I partied last night. I can have a chill out, fun day today. And then tomorrow, if I need to get some shit done, I can get some shit done tomorrow or have another chill out day or party some more tomorrow during the day. Not too late into the night, though, because I do have to work on Monday. Anyway, I am rambling, folks. Oh, I'm not done yet, though. I am not done yet. If you haven't heard, Goblin's Henchman has just released a new Hexflower game called Into the Heart of Oz. You can get it on DriveThruRPG. It's only $5 US. It's absolutely worth it. I love Goblin's Henchman. He rules. Everything he touches is amazing. He got art by the amazing Nate Tremaine. That's how you say that name. That person is very famous, though. That's fantastic. I picked it up on drive-thru. You should pick it up on drive-thru. Even if you're not going to use it, just pick it up on drive-thru anyway. Henchman is worth it a thousand percent. It's worth it just to read it. It even comes with a guide on how to use hex flowers. So if you're not sure on the whole hex flower thing like me i'm not still not 100 percent sure on exactly how they're supposed to work but it comes with a fun little guide so get it into the heart of oz 
by Goblin's Henchmen. It's amazing. Okay, that's it. That's my commercial. Go buy it. Don't be lame and just buy it. I'll buy it for you. <laughs> anyway, you guys are all awesome. Be good to each other. Be good to yourselves. Yeah, until next time. Peace out.